The process is black and white, where two friends examine the trials and tribulations of starting their individual businesses with their cultural differences and similarities, along with whatever else accompanies them on their journey. Each week, they will discuss a few chapters from books that will transform you from being a wantrepreneur to an entrepreneur. Here's Vernon and Devin. Good morning, Vernon. Good morning, Devin. So, uh, we're about 10 games in. Um, Sixers are, are rolling. Rolling. You know, but... What I want to examine is the Sixers in the fourth quarter has figured out their process, right? I heard Doc say something yesterday, and this is more of a statement than a question like our normal cold opens. But I heard Doc say something yesterday. He talked about this area on the floor for Joel Embiid where he would like for him down the stretch in tough moments of the, of the game to live and eat and, and make his area that he dominates. He called it like the the circle area in the press conference. And the circle area is basically the elbow, the foul line. It's all of that mid-range area there. And Doc's point was that when Jalen B is in the post and at a low post on the block, it's easier for teams to double him and it's easier for teams to pretty much take him out of the play. Just send two, and then he has to kick it. When he's at the elbow, the foul line, that circle area, facing the basket, it is way harder for teams to stop him from being able to get a shot. Mm-hmm. So if you watch the last game, Joel Embiid was able to shoot about, I think he shot maybe five shots, six shots, in the last four minutes or so of the game. And – I don't have proof on stats. I didn't get a chance to pull it up, do homework. But just off of my memory as a Sixers fan, I don't remember Joel Embiid ever shooting those many shots, down the, that many shots down the stretch and like a back and forth, you know, tennis match, you know, down the stretch of a game at where it's like four minutes or less. And I to mean, that's me, been the, that's been the whole thing on Joe. Yeah, it's been turnover been, city mostly down there. Last point. last five minutes of the game, he's he, he he goes quiet because the defense changes. Yes, and he goes to the block, and like Doc said, it's easier to double. Now he's playing him like a wing down that point where it's much harder to double. Now I'm getting one-on-ones because if you double, it's basically an easy pass to an open shooter because I can see the floor. But to me, what it did, and this goes back to the things that we're all about, right? When Doc Rivers said that, he wasn't talking about any results. In fact, two nights two nights before that, Joe missed almost all of them. And Doc go, they asked Doc, you know, does it feel good to see some of those shots go down or whatever? Doc said, I don't pay attention to that. What we coach is for Joe to get into the circle area and that circle and to shoot. He's going to make enough of them at the end. I don't care. Shoot. Because we know it's a high percentage shot. And to me, it like talk it goes back to what we're all about, man, is take high percentage shots and don't even care about the results. 
That's the whole idea of Jeremy Grant. That's the whole idea of the lean startup. That's the whole idea of if you take makeable shots, eventually you're going to make them, man. Eventually you're going to make them. And a seven-footer shooting a 15-footer from the foul line with a with a 85% free throw percentage shooting is as makeable and as lean of a startup as you can possibly have. And I just love it. It made me so happy listening to Doc talk about it and then watching Joel make it happen. It just was like, he he gets it. Well, the thing that I like about Joe is that his usage, and I think that this is probably like, if we were going to like try to tease out the narrative, right? And like figure out like, what does this mean for us, right? The, his usage is really high from that spot mm-hmm. because he it's it's not just one thing that he can do from there, yes. right? He has multiple ways that he can attack, right? So you could do, you know, kick out. You could do penetrate and kick. You could do, you know, back up, dribble handoff, right? Like you have a mm-hmm. lot of different plays that you can run from that spot. Theoretically, you could pick and roll. We don't really – Maxi, I've seen do a couple of pick and rolls now. Dang. So, like, yeah. he's maybe figuring it out. But we don't really have a pick and roller on the squad right now. But no, it's- no, they do a pick and pop with him and Seth. That's pretty nice. They, yeah. It's so weird that we don't have any pick and rollers. We got a lot of pick and pop, but never yeah. had a pick and roller for Joe's whole career. Maybe yeah. it's Joe. Maybe it's, Joe's no, it's not. Joe. It's Joe. Joe's a, Joe's more Patrick Ewing, you know, yeah. Elijah Wine, where those those guys were pick and pop guys. They set the screen to be to be the scorer to get yeah. the mismatch. Whereas like Drummond is the guy who he sets the screen. For the the ball handler to get a mismatch, sure. and then the ball handler, if he if he doesn't get the shot he's got he wants, he continues downhill and right. Drummond rolls with him, and then he gets the easy dunk, you know, the alley oop dunk or the putback or whatever, yeah. you know. So B ball Paul and Drummond are the are the prototypical pick and roll type of bigs, whereas Joe, yes, Joe's a, Joe's a game of pick and pop is, you know, can I get the switch so then I can ISO you and you know yeah. punish you. And which what you can see from from the way that Joe plays, just like I don't know, he's just he has so he gives him so much opportunity. And, you know, I think that I guess if we're trying to think about it in terms of like with the theme of the show, like you want to spread your opportunities, right? We both have full time jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. The reason we both have full time jobs is because like it provides us a stability in order to live these other opportunities. And like I you know, we were we were talking before the show last week and you said something and it kinda of made me it made me like think. And you were like, you know, it's. I feel like I'm just running all the time. And I was like, yeah, I, I hope that you don't continue that. Is like sort of what I thought in the back of my head, but I didn't say it. Uh, but I've been like sort of quietly thinking about it all week. And it's because it's like, you know, you still have to, I don't know, play catch with your kid. You, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you have to do all these other things. Um, you know, for, for me, it's go hiking. You know, for everybody, it's going to be different. But the context is like the in, the, the reason that I'm – starting a business you're starting a business isn't for wild riches and success i mean i'd be thrilled for wild riches and success right but it's a technical interesting mental challenge it's something that you can accomplish it's something that can provide you stability it's something that can do all these other things but it's really it's more of like this is a new sport right yeah this is a new sport that i'm playing and this is the strategy that i've chosen to to, to take at this time in my life and so it's important, I think, in that context that we treat it that way, right? And we go like, yeah, I'm going to go hiking on t- 
Tuesday or Saturday or whatever because that's what my other interests are. And I'm not going to have this new thing that I'm doing overwhelm my interests. That makes sense? Yeah, no, it definitely does. And I think, like, you know, the the over the overall point is, like, so fourth quarter, fourth quarter of a basketball game when you get under four minutes, right? Is is that that's the true essence of of life, right? And and what I mean by that, I my grandfather, you know, who I knew short briefly in his life, but he's a boxing trainer. And one of the things that he would always say whenever we would talk would just be about how sports and life are such parallels, right? And for him, it was like boxing round, round by round, you know, like there's all these, you you know, you're winning, then you're down and you're winning, then you're down. And it's how do you adjust? How do you how do you adjust when you get more information? The same thing in basketball. There's these round round by round type of scenarios that happen when you get under four minutes in basketball in a close game where every possession is like a three minute round in boxing. And it's like. You're basically trying to win as many of those rounds, a.k.a. possessions, as you possibly can. And then the idea of those possessions are each one of them winning that possession is about getting a good shot. It's not necessarily making it. It's getting a good shot. In boxing, it's landing. It's it's being able to throw the right punch. It's being able to, you know, throw the right punch. You're not gonna knock them out. You might not, you know. It's not saying you're gonna knock them out, but you want to be able to throw the right punch. You know what I mean? You want to have the game plan to be able to know that, like, you know, I'm making the right decisions based on what the defense is showing me. And the same thing in life. Right now, for us, and I look at myself, it's like it feels like I'm in the fourth quarter of of a basketball game every week that I go into 2,400 and and I'm working and I'm not necessarily trying to hit these home runs and become rich, but what I am trying to do every week is be able to get that good shot to be able to throw that right punch. It's the reason why we read these books every week, because that, that helps me. That's my practice. That's my opportunity to practice the spar or to shoot around in the gym is to get to know like what, is the thing that I can learn from this book that can help me take the right shot when it comes to my turn with the ball in, in terms of making something happen down the stretch. Like, I, I totally feel like I'm in the fourth quarter of a basketball game right now. Yeah, like, it's interesting. Like, I, I, So I'm thinking about this, like, comic book business that we've been talking about. Um, yeah. Right? So I, I had that, like, customer interview last week. It was pretty successful. And uh, this week, like, the task that I did is I got – like everything sort of wired up so that it it can be like I can start actually working on it. Like that was the achievement this week. It was a pretty good achievement. It, it's not not an easy thing to do, but so then, you know. But in the background, I'm thinking about all the exciting stuff about the business, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. instead of like the blocking and tackling like real stuff, I'm sort of like thinking about like what are the. And it was interesting when I was thinking about like, well, how am I going to sell this thing, right? The like the whole thing that I was thinking was like, oh, you know. The way I got to sell this is I got to make the guy who runs the comic book shop the hero, right? And I was yeah. like, and like, and that I think in in a similar way to like to practice, right? To what Doc's saying, like you know, we practice getting Joe to the to the to, to the, the circle, circle yeah. or to the top of the key, whatever, wherever you want to call it, right? Like, um, 
thinking about that being like, oh, that's that's what we read the books for. It's so that we have these like thought processes that naturally fit into what you're supposed to to do. And then you can figure out the creativity from there, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe it's maybe it's pick and pop. Maybe it's, you know, just just back somebody down. It, you know, it all kind of depends on what the situation is, right? Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly right. And that and that's kind of like the moral to all this is like from day one, you know, put the results to the side because they're going to change. Those are going to be variables every single time you run the report. You might get a different answer. You might get a different, you know, result. But ultimately... If you run it enough times and you do it the right way, you know, or you take the good shot a hundred times, probably 51 of those you're going to make. And that that's that's all same principles apply in, in what we're trying to do as far as business. If we continue to take the, the shots that are, you know, not. I don't want to say safe because that, you know, but like the ones that make the most sense for where we are. Well, I think it, I think it's, it's, it is right? safe, but it's like, it's not obvious that it's safe. Right. So yeah. it's, you're saying like, um, you know, what shot. And I think when we, when you and I met, and I guess this is like 10 years ago, the businesses that we would talk about would be like, I want to start Starbucks, right? Like we would, yeah. we would talk about businesses that are like, oh, well, I'd have a thousand locations, right? Yeah. And none yeah. of it was, none of it at the time, I don't think either one of us had that insight to think like, well, what if we just did something really small <laughs> that yeah. we knew we could do? What if we sold a spice? What if we tried to have a, what, what if we had a podcast, right? Like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And then you, you kind of break it down into those smaller chunks. And now all of a sudden you could be like, oh, look what I got, like. Now I have a thing that I can grow. So sure, it's a little bit about not taking a risk, but it's also about getting that high percentage shot, right? So sometimes the high percentage shot is, you know, back somebody down, kick it to the corner, swing it around, and take an open three, right? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but what what we got to you got to get there, right? <laughs> you need to back somebody into the you got to back somebody down first, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So. No, that that's that's like so true. So when I was listening to Doc, like. That's what came to mind. Like, I'm listening. I'm like, anytime I hear someone talking, like our talk, like process talk, you know, it it, it just warms my heart because it, it means like they get it. Yeah. Like, it just excites me that they get it, you know, which is why, you know, teams like the Phillies aggravate me because I'm just like, there is no process. Like, what what are you leaning on? What are you, nah, are you we, just we, watching the results? Are you we only bought, We bought Bryce Harper and... That was yeah. going to be it. That was our yeah. whole plan. And like, I mean, like, I, like, I'm thrilled because I get to watch Bryce Harper, you know, all so yeah, long. He's great, great player. But, but, and, and, dude, he's so amazing. Yeah, great and, player. Uh, but, yeah, that's yeah. the whole the whole plan is get Bryce Harper. And then it was, well, okay, add JT. Uh, all right, guys, but there's, like, you know, there's yeah. nine guys on the field at once. Mm. So. And you, <laughs> yeah, and your process can't be names. Like, your process can't be just, like, it's got to be all parts a of superstar. Things. It can't be like, I'm just getting a superstar. It can't be that. Like, okay. it has to be so much deeper than that. It, ha- it has to be like, this is how we build our team. Like the Ravens. Look at the Ravens in football. Look at the Steelers. They built every team the exact same way. Like Yeah, and they, every, I guess they every, win every 10 years, right? Yes. And they just, <laughs> like, marketing your calendar. 
Ravens will be in the Super Bowl every 10 years. Steelers, Super Bowl every 10 years. Because they have a process. They don't deviate from it. They basically say, hey, this is how we win. And if we do this every time, over and over and over again, even on the failures, we're going we're gonna to benefit from them, we're going to learn from them, and we're going to try it again and again. And again, it's not to say they don't add little tweaks and they, this, that, but their core identity is like we're gonna we're gonna get a yard when we need a yard, and we're gonna stop the other team from getting a yard when they need a yard. And everything else, everything else is gonna be what you said earlier. It's the creativity. Everything else can be the creativity. But ultimately, the two things that every Raven football team will do, bottom line, no argument, get a yard when you need a yard. Stop the other team from getting a yard when they need a yard. You know, what's the, you know, it's just great. I love people. I love stuff like that. What's interesting is is that so to, to pull in the book, I guess that is a hundred percent brand versus logo. When they were when they were yes. talking, when Seth was talking this 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 chapters and uh, this was uh thirteen fourteen fifteen, I think. Yes. And yes. Uh, and he was one of the chapters was like. You know what? What is a brand? Like he was talking. What? It, what is it? How does it work? What? It, you know? What is? What does it mean? He's like, a brand's the the thing that you imagine when you take a, a company outside of its domain and stick it there, right? Like, so what is Nike? If Nike was to open up a restaurant or a hotel, like what would it be like? And you go like that. That's a brand. And then if you stop and you think like, all right, so what would the Steelers hotel be like? Like I can imagine exactly what the Steelers hotel would be like. It's extremely safe. There would be, <laughs> like, like there would be no, there'd be no nonsense. There'd be no nonsense hotel. at all. Like, it would be vet, like, the, the, it'd be benches, not, not couches. <laughs> it, it would be like, everything would be super. Like if anyone was arguing in the Steelers, like, you know, restaurant or hotel, it, it would be shut down in a moment. Yeah. Both guys, both people would be hemmed up. It's yeah. just like not in here. No, no the, way. The, the, t, the TV channel here. would have the TV in the hotel room would have three channels, and that's it. Yeah, like yeah. The, it's good enough. This is good enough. It was good enough twenty years ago. It's good enough today. <laughs> there, there would not be an option for vegans. No way. No, no, no option. No, it's steak and potatoes, <laughs> baby. You don't eat what we make. You don't eat. <laughs> Simple as that. We, we got water. You know, <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty funny. But if you think about it, and then like, you know, uh, everything that Seth was talking about, like this sort of chapter, this this group of chapters or whatever, was was all about like that that brand identity, and then understanding like, well, okay, so if you're this brand, right? Like, if your brand is whatever, like, what kind of marketing? And in this case, he was kind of more talking about sales and advertising and direct sales and like how you think about yeah. all that stuff, like. Like what makes sense for you, right? Like, you know, does it make sense for you to run a, a national commercial campaign when you're trying to sell lawn care to everybody in the neighborhood? No, not really. You see those we buy houses signs, right? And they all look like they're hand painted. You know, none of them are hand painted, they're printed. But like, you know, it's it's because they're trying to have that identity of like, oh yeah, you're just selling to some somebody down the street who's trying to make a make a buck and you don't want, you don't know what to do with your aunt's old house. So you just want to get it out of the way. Right. Like, mm, that's not exactly what's happening, but that's the, that's what they're, excuse me. That's what they're selling. You know? Yeah. No, I, I thought when he got into that, um, with the brands, uh, brand marketing versus direct marketing, 
was pretty awesome because he because he talks about like um direct marketing which he never really he never really breaks down very in, in like super in depth direct marketing like i didn't i didn't feel like it it was like really in depth i kind of took it as like directly to a customer who is interested in you so like an email like anyone who signs up for your email list Correct. to me would would be what i interpreted as direct marketing someone who's already purchased something from you would well, be that a form of a direct it, like, marketing like let's say I, I get this comic book business like up and running right mm-hmm. and then i send a mailer to every single comic book shop gotcha that would be direct gotcha. marketing yes. if i send it to everybody in the us it would then qualify as brand marketing brand marketing just gotcha. like, hey we sell this so you're marketing to a, a direct customer who you believe could be a potential customer based off of information some type of uh, uh seo type of information that you may have gathered some you know kind of I mean? algorithm some right? type of algorithm. some some way you you've discovered that this person is a target is is it is a customer so you know when when listening to that and just the importance of how he breaks down you know brand marketing and direct marketing he talks about big business big business business and he was like then the world is starting to change where direct marketing is more of what you're seeing these days that it's a lot of these big businesses are struggling to be able to do the, that type of campaign. You know what I mean? It's actually become a problem for some of the larger mar- larger companies out there. You know what I mean? Because brands, although they still mean something, there's there's like also the anti-brand person that exists in the world today. That like, and what I what I mean by that is like anti-big brand more so. Mm-hmm person that exists in the world so like for years that customer was macy's customer and now all of a sudden that customer is Shops no longer macy's yeah. customer and now it's difficult for macy's how do you get that customer back you know and, oh, i don't and, think you do yeah and that, <laughs> and, that, and that's what i think his point was like it's not even beneficial much for the big brand business to do necessarily as much direct marketing because people go to Macy's, you know, because of the brand itself. And I, and I don't know if you can do both at the same time, you know? Well, I think about, I think about 2400, right. And like, you guys are still trying to figure out what your identity is, I think. So that of course you would have, you would of course then have a problem like trying to sell your brand, right. Or like Mm being like, this is what our brand is. And like, this is our direct marketing campaign. Because you don't necessarily have a full identity yet, right? Like, you know you're yeah. interested in this, and you know you're interested in this, and you know yeah. you figured out where you excel, but you haven't figured out exactly which one of those things is your path, right? Um, you haven't, like, come down to your, your thing yet, but you're on the way. And I think about that, and I think, like, what is – and I, I remember telling you, like, I don't know, 20 or 30 episodes ago, be like, yo, man, you need to have blog posts, and you need to write emails more. <laughs> and – you didn't do it. And now in hindsight, after reading these chapters, I'm actually really glad because what would the point of all of that work been, right? Like you guys didn't really know, like, are you going to end up having a food truck and selling food? Are you going to end up having cooking classes and teaching people how to cook? Are you going to end up, you know, being a spice company that like helps people kind of just like 
make dinners. Like you're still working that out. So it's a good yeah. thing that you didn't do that in hindsight, you know? No, true. And I, and I'd say like, you know, just touching base on like the Macy's thing. The other point of it is, is like, I don't, I don't know if you need, like when you're looking at a big, big business, right? Just to circle back. I don't know big businesses who have the strong brand already. I don't know if there's a, a direct marketing that's even necessary for like, like for someone who already goes to Macy's already has chosen Macy's based off of its brand. You know what I mean? And just being comfortable in like lockstep with the brand, like, the mar- direct marketing might not benefit me at all. Like I'm already going to go to Macy's. I'm already there. You know what I mean? And how, like for those companies, like I'm just curious because a lot of these companies have taken huge hits and his listening to Seth just kind of briefly go over that point is like, yeah, well that big business, what do they do? That customers, like how do they get n- more customers? I don't think that they, so you know, I mean, I think they all get eaten by Target eventually. Yeah, that's right? what I'm like saying. On a long enough timeline, I think like everybody gets eaten by Target, Amazon, Walmart that's yeah. doing that sort of thing. And the rest, what's sort of left, is people that you have an affinity for, right? Like, like how much could the Cowboys pay you to wear their hat? I, I mean... It, I mean, it just depends, but not, I would have to be hard for cash. <laughs> right, you'd have to be, like, like, like there's no way wearing I'm wearing a, right, there's no way that I'm wearing a Braves hat. Yeah, or a like, Mets nah, hat. Like, like, there's no way, like, again, if I'm hard up for cash, okay, sure, you know, like, yeah. certain life, certain circumstances, but I have an identity that's wrapped to the Phillies, and if you have a business that has an identity that's wrapped to that customer, why would they leave you? You'd have mm-hmm. to screw up that relationship. That's the only way to, that they'd leave you. Yeah. Yeah, That that's the thing. So, you know, when I was thinking about this with us, you know, I got a little caught up on the Macy's thing because I'm reading this. I definitely, uh, that made me think about big business because it was For just sure, like, yeah. I was just like, wow, he's right. I don't even see, they don't even try really. Like when you're on, when I'm on Facebook and Instagram, you see like Nike will post some stuff. You know what I mean? But I think, like, they're sure. into the culture that way. But, like, sure. I don't really well, that see aligns, a whole that lot. That aligns with their brand, though. Nike's That's, brand yeah. is aligned with, like, hey, Instagram you know, this culture. sneaker yeah. drop is associated with this people. Like, that's specific yeah. to Nike. No, totally, totally. And that's why I was thinking, like, man, I don't never see, like, I don't see any big brand, like, you know, the Macy's of the world, the Bloomingdale. Like, I don't really see any of those those box brand companies, you know, cause Macy's isn't really selling anything. They're just the place where all of these brands go to sell their stuff. Their brand is they're the home of the best brands. You know what I mean? It's and a it's weird, like, which is a weird thing today. Yes. That's, then that's my point. And so I like, I think about us, you know, with 2400 and I'm like, yes, like he's totally, you're totally right. Like that direct buy is like, it's something we do need to try. He said something that was very important is that you try direct marketing, you know, as often as it pays for itself, you continue to try it. And then you buy more and you buy more and you don't stop buying until it stops paying for itself. And and that's something that we haven't tried yet where 
we, we're, we're working on revamping the website. And I think that's one of the first things that I want to want to do is I want to invest in, you know, direct marketing, you know, and, and maybe just do the boost on Facebook or whatever and see what comes of it. If we don't sell anything, maybe we do it one more time. And at that time, it doesn't sell anything. Then we stop and we realize, wait, before we spend any more money. Let's figure out what's going on. Let's figure out, are we targeting the right people? Are we doing the right things? Well, but if it's making money, identity? or do we have the identity? If it's making money, we boost the hell out of it till it don't pay for itself no more. You yeah, know? I mean, so, I, think, I think that's that, that weird balance, right? So like, I, I love the idea of you guys trying direct marketing, but how do you figure out what the ad should be? And this, this goes back to like e-commerce strategy, like we were talking about like mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning of the thing. The way you figure that out is emails, right? Yeah. So you write you write an email that's like, you know, check out our new spice is the headline of the email. And then you write another email that's like, you know, um, read the story of how we developed our new spice. I don't know. Just just saying. Both yeah, the emails no, are totally. basically the same, right? But the headline is different, right? Well, if this headline over here gets 70% open rates and the other headline gets 30% open rates, take the 70 and run your ad with that headline. Yeah. So now you figured out how to run a headline for your ad that works. And uh, you know, it, iterate on that over and over again, right? It's not, not actually totally. that easy. And you won't get 70% open rates anyway, but mm-hmm. No, but, but I hear what you're saying, it, it, you know, and I think with that chapter, you know, was mainly about communicating with your audience. You know, in fact, it's what is it? The actual title of the chapter is what find finding the right people, I believe was the actual title of the chapter. Or I um, I have to look. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm looking right now too. I believe it was. Yeah, uh, treat different. Oh, yeah, reaching, reaching, yeah, reaching the right reaching people. the right people is it was the actual name of the chapter, and I think, well, you just boil down reaching the right people. Like, well, the only way you reach the right people is through communication. And, and yeah. you got to be able to communicate with your people, you know, and he, and he says something great where he talks about permission. Anytime you're given permission, you, you got like you now that conversation has to begin and permission in our world. is like if you get someone's email address. They're giving you permission to have a conversation or they follow your business on social or they, media. Exactly. They follow your business. They listen to your podcast. You permission. They listen to your podcast. Anytime you get that permission, that's important because now it means the conversation can begin. And you and and that's where we're at in everything that we're doing right now is we probably have close to a hundred permissions in, in in email. Then we have another three hundred permission and and you know, social media or whatever, another you know, three, four hundred permissions in social media or whatever. You know, which is enough, which I think for us at times, it didn't feel like enough. And, and and we didn't think early on in that whole, you know, start small, build true fans, all of that type stuff. And I think the direction going forward for us is building true fans. Like those 100 emails are potentially 100 true fans that you know that exists for us we just got to start the conversation well and it's crazy like it, it if you have 100 true fans the next 
900 true fans is a lot easier to get. Because in a way, like you remember, he was talking and he told the story about like why are why are the emails from Nigerian princes that are like scammy? Yeah, 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 why yeah. why are they written that way, right? And the reason they're written that way is because if you can identify that this is for that that this is for suckers, you're not a sucker. They don't want you to reply. <laughs> you don't know? waste my time. Don't man. waste my time. Which is you know it's counterintuitive, but as soon as you think about it, it's super true. It makes right? total sense. Yep. And then in your case, if you actually have 100 true fans, that means you know who your true fans are, right? Yes. Which means you can then go out and make 100 more, 200 more, 300 more, because yeah. you know exactly what your true fans are, right? Like and You can identify them quickly, yeah. You can be like, oh, they, they're these kind of people. They're interested in these kinds of things. This is what resonates with them. They care about my product because my product solves pain points in their life because. Like those yeah. sorts of, you know, and once you have that information, boom, you can actually get out there. I got one more point is it's so funny because we get in this conversation about like warm market, right? And doing this exercise here, like I think I discredit my family and my close friends a little bit where a lot of times you kind of think of like mom test type of stuff where you're like, oh, that's just my aunt. So, of course, she's supporting. That's just my my cousin. Of course, they're supporting, you know. And that, and there's some truth in that, where like your warm market might give you a play, just because of relationship, right? But then there's this, this, this other thing that happens, and I did not give it enough credit early on, and even it came from you too, where a lot of people would buy it, and and in my mind I go, I'd see the person's name, I'm like, ah, oh, that's a relative, like that don't count, that don't count, that don't count, you know what I mean, stuff like that. But your warm market and your family and friends are also potential true fans and customers as well. And you got to give them that. You got to give them that credit and you got to treat them like that. And even when you said like, yo, the seasoning, yo, I'm almost done. Or I'd use it. It was good. Or, you know, like in my mind, I was like, oh, that's just Devin. That's my man. He not, you know, but if someone goes through your seasoning and empties that bottle. If someone uses whatever it is that you're making and they use it more than once, they're using it twice, then they use it three times and it, and it becomes a regular use for it. That person is a potential true fan. And that, and, and whether you know them or not, you know, you, it doesn't matter. Like your product has worked and has healed some type of pain point for that person. And that data is just as important and just as, you know, uh, valuable as data from a immediate stranger. Yeah, the difference it's so right. It, we were talking about earlier about direct marketing, right? The difference between selling to me, right? I'm going to give you a sale immediately, right? Hey, mm -hmm. buy this. All right. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vernon's selling me a product. I'm going to buy it. So we have that relationship and that's great, right? But the second buy, the second exactly. Purchase, is is a hundred percent signal right it's not any it's not i'm not buying that because exactly. i'm your buddy i'm buying that because it's real and then um the other thing is is that the 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 hit rate is the only thing that changes right if you've identified like all right well people that care about these 10 things are the people who like my product well the only thing that changes is going to be your hit rate right if, if i'm your friend and i care about those 10 things i'm going to buy and then i'm going to rebuy Mm -hmm. But if I'm not your friend, I'm going to be more skeptical to buy 
right? So, yeah. but I'm still the right customer. Exactly. I'm just less likely to buy. So you're learning just as valuable information from exactly. you know, and I, that I almost, market. I almost threw that all away. Yeah. Like early on, early on, I was throwing all that away. I was throwing all that away and I was just, ah, oh, that's just family. Oh, that's just family. Oh, that's just family. Like, all, all, you know what I mean? Like I was throwing all that away almost like, you know, you don't eat and you don't enjoy food and you don't know what like good food is. And you don't, and there's so much valuable information inside of even your warmest market. It's valuable. And, and to be honest, some, depending on the type of warm market you have, that's probably the most accurate information that you're going to get. Oh, I, I firmly believe that. Like, think about this. Like, suppose you wrote a postcard, right? This, you know, if one of these, suppose you wrote a postcard to every single person that you had in your Shopify database, right? Mm-hmm. You have all those addresses. Suppose you just sent a postcard to all of them. Hey, you know, thanks for buying from us this year. You know, uh, you know, we, we just wanted to let you know that here's a little update about our business, right? And that's it. Just a handwritten postcard. You know, and then you send it to all those people. It's not a crazy amount of people. You could theoretically do that, right? Yeah, no, totally. It would cost you thirty-five cents a uh, whatever, yeah. right? So maybe a hundred fifty you know, bucks, something like that. Right. It's not. That. It's not going to cost you a fortune, right? <clears throat> How many of those people are going to be like, "Oh yeah, I should rebuy"? <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great idea, actually. Well, I mean, uh, that's a great idea. My wife was is. just saying that to me. Here. We should send Christmas cards. So we're gonna. We're gonna. I told her we're gonna do something along those lines as far as for the business yeah. and she was like put like a little uh coupon code in in the uh in the gift card i mean yeah. in the christmas card even if you don't just to test it just like just to be like hey just thanks like it, not that not that i don't believe in coupon codes i definitely do but what, no, no, what is mean. it what does it matter yeah right like the message is hey thanks yeah we value you as a customer we value you as a customer, as a person. Like, here's a little update about us. Thanks so much for supporting the journey. Just thanks. That's a great point. And that would be a great lead. And we can talk about, we, you know, we've updated the website. Sure. Uh, check it out. It's, you know what I mean? We've made some changes. Uh, you know, offer some. We've also some cool We made nice 26 things. videos this year or 18 yeah, videos. I don't out. know how many, check but you guys out. made a bunch. Check yeah. them out. You know, like, yeah. no, that's you know, a great th- this idea. was great because Rodney's worked on these things and like. Mm-hmm. You know, he learned this, yep. like people eat that stuff up and you're, it costs you nothing. And it's just, a, it's just a letter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing, dude, that's what Macy's can't ever in a million years do. Yeah. Cause no one cares. Nobody cares. Nobody no one cares about, about Macy's. Macy's. You made how many videos? Yeah. Great. Okay. Bye Macy's. Right. What's the, Whereas what's the next do- discount? What's the next discount? When do right. you, your families and friends start? That's all. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. you no, know, nah, that's a perfect great. note right there. That's a perfect note. Wow, that that's exact. And there you have it, folks. That's that's, <laughs> that's direct marketing. At, so, at, real at quick on on direct marketing, uh, what did you think of Mike's uh, mu- musical open? He's he's trying another one. He's trying to make another one. He said, but uh, what oh. Did you think I, of? I, I got to listen from the last episode or the yeah, first one? Yeah, it opens the last episode. Wait, he did right, a different let's... one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I did two episodes. I did one. We've done two different ones so far. Oh, I got to. I didn't listen to last week's. I got to listen to last week's. Yeah, he took like he took the inspiration from like the text off the podcast explanation. 
So it's like two friends, entrepreneur to entrepreneur, like that whole story thing that we, okay. that we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He took that whole thing. So it's pretty good. It's pretty oh, he's good. rapping in this one. Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's kind of working it out. Uh, yeah, he's, he's playing with it. He's having a good time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I'm gonna check it out. That's that's on the list. I'm gonna check it out as soon as soon as this uh, we finish this episode. I'm gonna go listen to the the next uh, yet last week's episode. For sure. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah, oh man, tell Mike. Uh, you know, I, I did like I loved his voice. I think he's spot on. It's what we yeah, need. It's great. Yeah, well, he was—he listened to the—he listened to the feedback. He was like, "All right, I'll come back. I'll come back with something." So, <laughs> he's he, dude. He's—he's he's like, uh, you know, he. First of all, he's hilarious, but, but also like he's—he's he's got such a good voice for this stuff. Like, it, yeah. I'd love for him to be able to figure out a way to like, you know, again, like just have ha- have more fun doing it because he—he's interested in it. He likes it. He likes doing voiceover. So, hey, you know, definitely. So, what you got this so, week? I oh, mean, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep banging on this uh this idea a little bit and seeing if I can get some more of this stuff wired up. Like this, this is a big technical challenge for me. It's a bunch of stuff I don't actually know how to do, so it should be interesting. Wow, uh, sounds fun. Yeah, it, it will be. It will be. What about you? Yeah, actually, I'm we 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 got a meeting today, and we gonna send these postcards. Yeah, you um, like that idea? No, nah, you know, my wife had mentioned it first. She was talking about an email, right? Um, and I think we can do both. I think we, should, we we would do both. You would get the email and you would get the uh, you know the postcard as well. You know what I mean? Like we could send them both. I think you know a happy holidays card from us at the end of the year and just making that a thing is absolutely a must. So we're gonna do that, and I'm I'm pretty sure there's gonna be a lot, and we can talk about our plans for the next year. I think ultimately, Devin like. This Seth Seth uh, Seth's book and the Lean Start. I mean, uh, yeah, the Lean Startup and the Story Brand. To me, all three of those books have taught me that true fans are what we're really looking for, 100%. and above anything else. And that is in order to get that. You're really talking about building a relationship with someone and getting someone to see you as like dependable and. Oh yeah, I try. Yeah, oh that's the twenty four hundred thing. Yeah, you got to get it because they all that's what they do. There, you know what I mean. Like, I, we need to get there with our people, and we. And the great thing is the three of us. We're those type of people. Hundred percent. That, that that's who we are. So it's not even like we don't even have to fake it. Like we're those type of people. We're those type of people who like care so much about people that like we're the ones that like. Yeah, come on over to the, nah, don't bring nothing. We got everything. Just come join, bring your family, you know, to a stranger. Like, that. that's us. You know what I mean? So, like, it's no different here other than the fact that, like, we don't get to do it face-to-face. We yeah. we, we have to, to now try to put Vernon, Rodney, and Kunta in a card and give it that feel, which I know we can do. And, and you know, so I had, I had my first customer call me. I was pulling up to the barbershop and just like getting seasonings to like, you know, barbers and stuff like that. And every time I would pull up, I would end up selling like $200 worth of seasoning because everybody would be in the shop like, oh, I want one. I want one. And now I, I just I received a call from somebody who bought one before. He's like, yo, I've been telling everybody. He's like, I need you to I need some more of that. I'm coming through. And I'm just like, you know, it's it's there. Everything is there. Every time I go around, anybody who's tried it, I don't initiate the conversation. They do. They're like, 
yo, I've been using this John on the on this and this. I've been doing it with my uh somebody said they did it with uh um oh, I forget what he made. He made something and he was telling me how him and his wife, this is their trick. They do it on the stakes with this and then they'd hit it with this. And he was comparing it to like McCormick's or uh Montreal seasoning. And he was like, I wasn't telling them, don't even use that. You gotta use yours because this and it's just, and he was like I don't even like onions. You put onion flakes in there. I can't <laughs> but it was just like, like people are like initiating the conversations now. Right. I, I don't even go in with the the idea of even talking about it. like people are just like, oh, that's Ver. Oh, shoot. Let me tell him about the so-and-so I made. Right. You know what I mean? Which is just like, to me, is just a telltale sign that like it is it, there. We just got to keep developing it. And figuring out exactly what it is yeah i mean you know to to me the skills that you guys can pick up from this right like all right so you just had a true fan right potentially yeah, a true fan yeah, right let's say yeah. a potential true fan say like yes. hey i mean well i, I will let's say this and shut up so i can go to work but but you had a potential true fan say hey this is how i make my chicken with your stuff right or whatever right and then you go oh hey hey, hey i actually need that recipe why don't you put it down and we're gonna make a video of that right Boom, that guy's locked in forever now because your video is about his family recipe. You know what I mean? Like that's yep. a fan and you just did a thing that you love to do that's genuine to who you are, right? So like, yeah, you locked in a fan, but also you did a thing that, because if he was going to tell you that recipe anyway, you'd have gone home and tried it. <laughs> like, so yep. the only difference is that you made Rodney record it and make an amazing video because he's so talented, right? Like, yeah, yeah. No, all of that, man. It, it, it it's pretty amazing, and now it's just like, like you said, we just got you got to keep going, figure out exactly what it is. We just got to figure out on. that identity and then push that direction, right? Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's very crazy. Yeah. So. All right, man. You got to get to work. Oh uh, yeah, where can people find us? Yeah, check us out on the processesblackandwhite.com. Then go on your social media platforms and check us out at search the processes black and white. We'll pop right up. All right, man. Uh, touch base with you next week. Yeah. All right. Take it easy, bro.